Welcome back to Money with Mac and Jam. Glad you're here. Happy New Year. It's 2023 and it's an opportunity to change or transform yourself or your life. Now, 2022 ended on a very low note for all of our investments in the stock markets. With a little luck, the market will transform itself in 2023. This year is already bringing some changes for me, too. First, it's a change in my job. I'll play a different role in the private equity firm that I work in. When thinking about the work I do, I often get asked a couple questions and thought it might be interesting to talk about investments that are made in a private equity fund. Most of us easily grasp the idea of stocks. You buy an ownership position in a company. You could own some cool stocks like the ones for kids, which are like Funko, which is a pop culture consumer products company that designs, sources, and distributes licensed pop culture products like Snoop Dogg, The Dog House, from that famous rapper. How about the Hershey Company, which makes candy like the Hershey Bar, or Electronic Arts, which is also known as EA, which is a pretty big name for video games. They did a deal with Marvel recently, which means that Marvel heroes like Iron Man, which should be coming out in the hopefully near future. Anyway, each stock should always be reviewed for its investment worth. Since stocks are bought on a stock exchange, there are a whole bunch of rules to follow to remain on that stock exchange. Since anyone can own or buy your stock, that means anyone in the public has access. Everyone can buy it, and so you're a public company. I know that got repetitive, but it's to prove a point. It's something that costs a lot of money to be a public company due to all the rules set up by the government. There are certain reports that have to be filed with the government. You have to do those reports regularly in order for investors to be well-informed about the company. But these rules are called safeguards, which are like seatbelts in a car for your investment. They are meant to protect the investor, which is you and me. Since a company is not born as a public company, it has to choose it. When you initially decide that you want to go public, it's called an initial public offering or IPO, and it costs around 5% of the sale of all your stock. That is big. There were about 181 IPOs in 2022 and 1,035 in 2021. That means fewer companies thought they could sell their stock at a good price in 2022. Ouch. So when selling your company for the first time, all of the work that has to be done costs millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's expensive. And all you have to do is multiply the price times the number of shares out there and multiply that by 5%. And you get into a pretty big number. Now, it is expensive. And supposedly each year after that, it costs a couple of million dollars more. Okay. Other investments don't have all of the same safeguards. If you bought a baseball trading card, for instance, the owner doesn't have to do any legal reporting. They don't have, to have people come into the company and review all the information about what they've sold and all the things that they've spent money on to verify the earnings for that year. That's an audit that's required by a public company. If you bought real estate as an investment, there are a couple different set of rules, but it's not as demanding or costly as offering your stock on a stock exchange. Anyway, I work at a private equity firm. It sounds pretty serious and complicated to a lot of people. So I thought I'd give some insights on what a private equity firm is and how they actually make money. First, it's a firm or a company, as the name states. I looked it up, and it said a firm is a for-profit business organization. So it's an organization of people and assets that try to make a profit. Okay, that sounds like something that someone may want to invest in. So why is it private? Well, a private equity firm's 
It means that they're owned by their founders, managers, or limited group of investors and not the public. In general, it's a smaller group of investors and usually there is a minimum amount to be an investor. So instead of buying one share of stock for say $100, you may need $5,000 or $50,000 or $250,000 or even more than $250,000. By being a private company, it has the opportunity to remove some of the constant public scrutiny of quarterly earnings and reporting requirements. Okay, as a kid, it would be like your mom sleeping in your room, sitting by you when you play your video games, looking at all your text messages and more. Okay, that's a little much, but it's a lot more of being watched. So that's all the information the government wants to see. So you report on it or submit the information, such as financial statements. That's if you wrote a report to your mom and told her you played five hours of video games, sent 20 text messages to a girl you liked in class and got eight hours of sleep. Get the picture? When you don't have to do all that work, it generally saves the company money, which we already talked about, but more often it allows the company more flexibility or leeway to make decisions. Private companies say it allows the company to take a much longer term approach, which is better for the company. But as you can imagine, if your parents aren't watching you, and I'd never say you do this, you may do things you shouldn't, like get on a bad website maybe, or play a video game you shouldn't, and more. So there are benefits and possible risks. It's weird to think about it, but many public companies seem to worry about making short-term decisions about money as compared to long-term ones. I have a friend who decided he wanted to get his MBA from a college that cost less money, and he could do it part-time because he didn't have the money or want to borrow any money. Well, another friend went to Harvard and owed over $100,000 when he was done. Now, in the short term, if you were at the cheaper school, you wouldn't owe as much, if any, amount of money. But if you went to Harvard, your starting salary is usually at least $50,000 more than the cheaper school, and Harvard grads look like they get about a $30,000 bonus on average when they decide to work at a company once they graduate. It's called a signing bonus. So short term, better decision, less debt, less expenses, longer term, though you're going to earn a lot less money each year. Okay, so for a public company, if you have a report or if you have to report how much money you make every three months, because that's a quarter, right? Four quarters in a year, three months a quarter, 12 months a year. If you have to do that every three months instead of a longer period, it changes your decision making process. So to make it easy, let's say a company is expecting to earn $1 million over the next three months and they have a million shares of stock out there. As we've discussed before, the stock price is all about expectations. So in this case, it would mean earnings on a per share basis are $1 because you earn a million dollars and you divide that by a million shares that are out there. I know, super easy. I get it. But it's to just kind of explain what's going on. Let's just say that your company can invest $400,000 to produce a new product that would earn $50,000 every quarter. Ooh, and that would happen for a long time. So if you have four quarters and you're doing 50000 it's $200,000 a year. In two years, you make all your money back and you continue to make money. Does that sound familiar? Cheaper school versus a more expensive one that produces more income in the future? Well, if you spend the money on producing this new product, there are going to be expenses that will reduce that expected $1 per share earnings over the next quarter. 
If investors don't believe in the product, they don't believe in management, or simply don't believe the company will be able to make the $50,000 every three months, it could really hurt the stock price. That's because the expected earnings of $1 aren't met. People lose faith and the stock price falls. So management decides not to do it. However, if you have a private company, you can decide to do mostly whatever you want. So a private equity firm is a private company that essentially buys ownership or equity in other companies. You can go out and buy a pizza restaurant or a trampoline park or a mall if you want. But many private equity firms specialize in the companies that they invest in. They may only invest in restaurants, for instance, or entertainment or real estate, for example. So how do they really make money? First, investors put money into the fund. The leader, or what we call the general partner, will then have a team that will go out and find companies that they want to buy into. If they buy the entire company, it just makes it really easy to explain. So let's do that. First, it requires a little bit of understanding of how to value a company. I'm going to oversimplify to make it simple. The purchase price of a company is generally a multiple of some number. For instance, when I bought my last company, it was six times earnings. So if a company makes $500,000, then you pay $3 million for it, which is 500,000 times six. I think we know you sell a product or service, you take out expenses and the earnings are what's left over. Remember that price to earnings ratio for a stock we used earlier? It was one per quarter. So an entire year has four quarters, which is $4. In this case, when I bought the $3 million company, it's 3 million divided by 500,000, which was the earnings or the number multiplier is six. When you buy a stock, you may look at the price multiple. If you look at the stocks that are on the S&P right now, you would find that the ratio is around 20. Woo! 20, which is a lot more than what I have been using in my examples. So what do you think happened over the last year? And I love asking that question because we all know that the prices have dropped and the multiple in the stock market price that you pay to the earnings for your individual share was about $27 a year ago. So as prices fall, this ratio goes down, which makes complete sense. But what happens when you buy a company? These multipliers, or we often refer to them as multiples, are based on the type of company you're buying and are not always based on earnings. Tech companies, for instance, tend to get higher multiples than non-tech companies. They have been shown to grow faster and can be more profitable. If you look at some companies, when they are sold, they are a multiple of sales. What? Not earnings? Many companies weren't even making money or had any earnings whatsoever, but someone is still willing to pay them, say, 10 times their revenue. Wow! In my example of the company I bought for $3 million, the price would have been $60 million. Said another way, that's a 20 multiple of earnings. See how that is very different? So, the fund has the money to go out and buy investments or equity ownership in companies. And let's just say you take the same company that was making $500,000 a year and you increase sales because the salespeople weren't that good when you bought it. Yuck. Then you cut expenses because you weren't using computers as much as they probably should have been using. 
Now the company is making $800,000 per year. Since it's a better company and is now positioned for more growth, you may get a multiple of 10 times. So the new earnings of 800,000 times 10 now equals $8 million. You paid $3 million for it. It's worth 8 million and you sell it. That's a $5 million gain because you go from 3 million to 8 million. Pretty cool, huh? But it requires a lot of skills. You have a lot of change that you have to implement while bringing in the right people to do the right jobs. It can be very tough and it can require money to make those changes. So generally, people who are in private equity have a really deep level of experience in business. They're aware of how to manage people, read the accounting information, help align the financing when they need money, and can see and implement a great strategy. If you ever think about professional sports, you need an experienced coach, the right team, and an owner who has money and vision to make it all happen. I see it very much as the same thing. But the product isn't football, even though that is a business. It's video games, making clothes, selling roofs, uh, pet food, or many other items. That's what I do. I help manage companies to perform better so they grow in value in the private equity fund. But even though the reporting is less when an investment is private, there is still a good amount of filing, accounting, and other reporting. I get to do that fun stuff, too. Hey, it was Martin Luther King Day yesterday, and I had to Google his name and the word money together. We know he was crucial in shaping the course of history through his fight for injustice and civil rights. But he also spoke about money funny enough. In one article, I read that he referred to how money was a worry because as Americans, we can be obsessed with it. And he did fear it may lead to our downfall. He said, money in its proper place is a worthwhile and necessary instrument for a well-rounded life, but when it is projected to the status of God, it becomes a power that corrupts and an instrument of exploitation. He lived very modestly, and that put a smile on my face. He had some great common sense tips you should have heard before, but they're said in another way. So I wanted to leave you with five of them. Number one, live modestly. This is rule number one that we have talked about where you have to make more money than you spend. You can't invest in the future or grow wealth if you don't have money because you've spent it all. You need to, number two, invest in yourself. Do you remember The Richest Man in Babylon, the book? We went over that, I don't know, about a year or so ago. But you need to increase your income by investing in yourself. Even if you learn another skill that you don't get paid for today, I believe you'll get paid for it in the future if it's anywhere close to what you're doing. I can name five promotions that happened to me that way. Give generously. Most financial plans have some portion of charity. If you're doing well, most people like to help others. Persevere. This is number four. This has been one of the most common themes for almost every multimillionaire or billionaire I have studied. You can't quit when you get knocked down. And number five, build with intention. That means having a plan because you can't reach your goal without having that plan. As always, thanks for being here and we'll see you next time for more Money with Mac and G. Bye. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yeah.